Good morning, good morning, good morning, beautiful people. Whether you're on your way to work, dropping the kids off to school, or if you're an entrepreneur who is getting ready for the week, I just want to say good morning, and I hope everyone had a great weekend. This is your girl, Sam, here, a single mom of three from the Bronx, owner of a financial coaching practice called SM Planning, and we have our lovely Tiffany here. Hello, how are you doing, listeners? How you doing? My name is Tiffany Phillip, and I am the owner of Empress Vision. I'm also a mom of five, a wife, a full-time employee, and also a financial coach. Yeah. So when we say good morning, we know you're on your way. Listen, we're there too. We're getting kids ready. We're getting on our way to get the day started. Um, Today's topic is going to be a great one. Tiffany, you want to let them know what we're talking about? We're talking about the age-old concept. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Hey. We're putting the financial <laughs> twist on it. Yeah. Um, it's more it's more of does art imitate life or does life imitate art? And when you look at that from a financial aspect, is do your men is your mental health responsible for your financial health or is your finances responsible for your medical health or not medical but your mental health wow this is a deep conversation on this monday morning but you know what is very very important so guys what do you think about that does your mental health influence your finances or is it the other way around um tiffany you know i feel like it's both it's a mixture of both. It bounces off one another. And what are your thoughts on that? It, it's it's kind of like a debatable question because mm-hmm. it really depends on who you speak to. Um, even though I agree with you that it is both, which do you feel is more prevalent? Do you think that if you are in a financial tight space that that causes mental stress or do you think because you are stressed you create a financial decision or you make poor financial decisions yeah so I would have to go with the later um I feel like when you're stressed your your um your way of thinking and your judgment can be kind of cloudy where you'll take you know you'll be hasty with your decisions especially when it comes to money, like you all, I know the listeners probably out here all heard of that, you know, I got to get this money fast. So you jump on whatever bandwagon is is flying by you, not really taking the time to think about it because you need the money right now. So I feel like when you are stressed, your decisions when it comes to making money can be very cloudy. It's not well thought out. And we call this like, you're not doing your due diligence because you're like, I need the money now. I need the money now. And as a single mom, you know, I go through that sometimes where I'm like, I need money now. I need to get this. But then I have to pull myself back and be like, is this a smart move to make? Will this make you more money or will it lose, you know, on your way to lose money faster? You know, that's how I I look at it. You see what money is the number one. There was a survey done. Money Mm -hmm. is the number one stressor in America. It is the number one topic above family squabbles, above health, 
above politics, above crime. It is the number one worry in America is finances. And to me, that, that says a lot because it tells us that the stress of money is on the forefront of the majority of Americans, mine. And it is very hard to not think about money because every single thing you do requires money. Eat, <laughs> sleeping, everything, because you need a place to sleep. So even when you sleep, you need housing. When you eat, you need food. The only thing that's free now is air. And I wouldn't be surprised hey, if they monetize on that. They're going to start monetizing <laughs> air pretty soon. So don't, guys out there, listen, you guys know it's, it's getting real out <laughs> Yes, exactly. I mean, it's just everything. You drink water, that, you know, there, there's a water bill. Everything requires money and it's the number one stressor. So if you have the majority, I think it's 64% of Americans do not have $1,000 saved in their bank account and money being the number one depressor, I mean, sorry, the number one stressor of Americans, then it will be understandable why we have such a um, a high rate of depression anxiety, panic attacks, or any other mental health related issues. It just makes sense because the majority of us are living paycheck to paycheck. And the one of the ones who are not living to paycheck to paycheck, we are only two to three months away from living paycheck to paycheck because we may have our emergency fund, but our emergency fund is only good for three to six months. For the most part. Mm-hmm. So if you have a tragedy that happened that causes you to have to not work for just say six months, then now you're back into the um, the same situation of living paycheck to paycheck because it takes us sometimes three, four years to save up for six months of yeah. Um, of emergency fund it's not easy to have that extra money coming in especially when you're just living paycheck to paycheck so it's a very important topic to really understand why or what yeah so that is that is a great great point like why is important for us to understand the relationship between mental mental health and our finances because it has such a huge um, impact on our daily living you know it's it's just it's just an important important thing so for the listeners out there I mean I know you guys can't respond back to us because you know we're on the radio but take a moment to really reflect on that think about which one do you does you think um, influences the other do you think it's your mental health that influences your finances or do you think it's the other way around do you think it's your finances that has the influence over your mental health and these are these are I know it's is a kind of it's early Monday. I know you guys are like it's early Monday. You you guys are making us think about this, but it's important. It's important that we have these conversations, whether it's going to be a Monday morning as we're on the way to work, or a Monday evening as we think about the day and think about this conversation later on this evening. But it's it's so important. And Tiffany, I want to circle back to what you were saying because you was bringing up some very good very good points about um, how money is the dominant force in all, not force, but dominant in, in our lives and everyday living. And I think a lot of the times the issue is we don't know 
the purpose of money. You you, you understand? Yeah. Like we forget the purpose of what money is. We put it on this pedestal where it like influences everything, but money is not that it's powerful, but it's not that powerful in our lives. So you want to break break that down, the purpose of money and what it is for you, Zor? Yes, and I'm sorry earlier, listener. I mean, I'm sorry for my technical difficulties earlier. But yes, money, money is a tool, but we don't understand we are the ones who give it power. And we are the owners of it. We are the masters of it. So it's supposed to be working for us not us working for it. And I know that sounds like a cliche and it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But when you really think about it, once you obtain the money, how it is spent is completely and totally in your control. The problem is, is who is controlling you? And I feel that there is not a lot of education out here that trains us to do anything beyond being consumers. We are taught and trained from childhood to always want. And, you know, Christmas and um, birthdays, we're all, what do you want? What do you want? We're all trained to know what we want, what we need to buy, what we need to consume. But how often do you actually have the conversation on what do you, what goals do you want to accomplish with your money? What Okay, you have a savings, that's great. But what is the purpose of the savings? Do um, do you have money put aside for investing? We don't separate our monies. We just think, all right, I got money, I pay my bills, and then I spend. But that comes from years and years of education from the advertisers to study your psyche to study the psychology of consumers, to understand the demographics and what you you want to buy. So for example, when you are watching TV, when we was watching the Oprah show back in the days, the Oprah show catered to- Shout out to the Oprah show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shout out to Oprah. <laughs> um, it was catered to women, who were of a certain demographic, who was of a certain age group. So more of the things that you would have, they would be oil of volet, dealing with aging, one of the topics that interest women. You wouldn't get too much of beer commercials or um, commercials about tools or anything because they studied and they realized that the demographics who are watching this this is what they're into. So if we want them to buy, we're going to have to cater to them. That's why we even have AI now. AI, you know, built into the computer, is built into the softwares and the um, websites that we frequent to- The apps, your your social media. And and I'm glad you're going going down this route because I feel like this- um, ties into the mental aspect because I was always taught whatever you see it becomes part of your it becomes inside of you internally it just Mm -hmm. it becomes one of you so definitely the the, all this 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 advertisement they put out there contributes to our mental health when it especially when it comes to the finance part of it because we're always taught to buy and in our minds we're like we have to buy we have to get this 
but that, but that's what they're trained to do. That's, mm-hmm. that's the whole point. They are trained. They are educated. They spend years, just like how doctors spend years to find, um, to finite their, their um, skills. So do advertisers and marketers. Their whole job is to get into your head, whether it's blatantly, subliminally, um, unconsciously, they need to get in your head and make you think, this item is not just a want, a want, it's a need. And for you to be this person and live this lifestyle and have this um, goal, you need to have this product. And they are trained to actually get into your head to make you feel that I need to have this. So if we have that, that we always need to have and we don't get it, then we feel inadequate. And when we feel inadequate, then we have self-worthiness issues and all of this plays into our mental health. So now I would do anything to get it. I don't care what I have to do. I'm going to make sure that if I have to work an extra 10 hours uh, a week and lose time with my children and not be able to spend time with family or take care of my body, sleeping well, eating right, doing exercise, I'll forego going on that uh, 40-minute walk that I need because I need to get into work early because I was told by an advertiser that if I'm not driving this Mm -hmm. or traveling here or living here or dressing in this attire, that I am not worthy. So we will forego everything to be able to live this image. So it's at what cost? And And it's at the cost of our mental health. Yeah, and then when they, to to just further out a little bit, when you start, when it starts affecting our mental health, it, it starts to get to our physical health. Yes. You know, that's the next stage from this, which which is like is why it's super important that we we have to be present in the moment to actually see what we're doing, because that that's how you're going to find out okay which one is influencing the other, and then once you take control over that then your finances become better. Once your mental health is, is, is good, your finances are better, your physical health is good. It all plays around with one another. It's like, it's like a cycle, you know? If one is, it's like, if one is out of whack, then the other two are gonna definitely be out of whack. Yeah. But mm-hmm. does your finances though, like when you are in a, when you're in financial turmoil, mm-hmm. is that the cause of, depression. I guess that's the flip side because we discussed how mental health issue being depressed mm-hmm. can cause you to to spend um unnecessarily. We know that advertisers are trained to get into your head to keep you as a consumer, but what if you the financial problems that you have is also causing your depression? Most certainly. Um, I, I know people out in the audience can definitely agree. Um, most certainly it does. It does. It does add to it. It, it really does. Um, because you become desperate. You know, you become desperate. Like you said, you start to question yourself. Your self-confidence goes down and it just you you have like a need to fill something. And, you know, you just have to do it. Become like a little addict. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just have to do it. You have to do it. You have to do it. So yeah, most definitely, I I agree. But what do you think is one of the things that you can do to 
like, like what kind of stopgap could you, you, could you create that can help people if you know, okay, I am depressed. And I know when I depressed, when I am depressed, I spend more or I spend reckless or I spend and then I have buyer's remorse. So now I'm back in the store two days later, yeah. turning stuff and. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would, I would definitely advise people to get a, get a support group, um, communities. This is where communities come, come into play. This is where, uh, you know, shows such as this or other shows that just help you to realize what what's happening and not only what's happening, but that is happening to other people. I think sometimes we isolate ourselves when it comes to issues as such. And we, we tend to think that it's just us or it's just me or no one else is going through this but me. And when you become, when you isolate yourself, you become out any type of help that's there for you. So definitely I would, if, you know, say joining communities, um, get an accountability partner um, and be honest with yourself. Like know that what, what triggers you, you know, just stop and say, I, this is not me. This is not what I sign, sign up for, you know, set up some goals for yourself and always hold yourself accountable, get that accountability partner and then join those groups, those support groups. So what is an accountability, what is an accountability partner? Yeah. So accountability partner is someone that is, um, it's like a friend. Uh, but not a friend that's going to say yes to you all the time. It's a friend that's going to tell you when you're wrong. And this friend will share, this accountability partner will share the same views and, and beliefs as you, um, similar goals that you guys are on. So like, you know, I'm, I'm big in the fitness world. So your account, my accountability partners used to always be my gym buddies. So we go, we work out, we hold each other accountable. And that's, that's what you would kind of do for this, like a finance accountability partner, where you're working with someone that's going to, you know, gently tell you, hey, that's, that's not our goals. That's going to remind you of what your goals are, going to check on you to see if you accomplish your goals for the week. And this just keep you on track. That's, that's what the accountability partner does, just holds you accountable for what you personally want to work on. And that's, that's super important. Yes, I think that is extremely important. And so many of us, um, we need that. We need that in all aspects of our lives, but especially the finances, because I really believe um, in in my organization, one of the things that I teach is the four pillars of self. And I believe in having um, harmony and equilibrium between the four, which is mental, financial, physical, and spiritual. I believe if any of those are off balance, it creates like a tug of war in your life. And when normally when we are on a quest for one, the other will lag. And it's it's understandable if we do it for a moment, like I am on a financial quest. So everything that I'm going to do, all my energy is going to be placed into this basket until I get to a certain level. The problem is when we get to that level, sometimes it's not enough. And you may say, okay, I want to save or not save, but I want to make a certain amount of money and you get to that level. But because of lifestyle creep, where you start buying a little bit more expensive things because you're making more money instead of living the lifestyle that you used to live. Slowly but surely, you um, 
it, it, it begins to not be enough. That goal is no longer the goal. And then it becomes, I need more. But you were supposed to stop at a certain level. So now you can balance out everything else. Mm -hmm. But what is the purpose of having everything and being in poor health? Or having good health and great finance, but not having a purpose in life, not understanding your spiritual journey. Or even um, better yet, you, you, you have great health, but you're always depressed because how many rich people do we know who are depressed all the time? Yeah. Because they realize I've reached to this level or this goal. And it's like, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is what I went to 12 years of school after high school. I went to 12 additional years. I spent how much money in um, student loans. I sacrificed so much in the beginning of my career. I didn't start a family. I never got married. I never held on a serious relationship. I forego so many things because I was working, working, working. And I've achieved this and I've accomplished this. And it's like, yay, for like two seconds. And then it's like, now what? Yeah. So I really believe that for your mental health, it needs to be a balance or harmony between all four aspects of self for you to really feel fulfilled. I definitely agree. I definitely agree. It's all about that balance, all about the balance. Um, so yeah, for, for the listeners out there, just just stop and, and, and think a little bit about that balance, what, what the balance means to you, the pillars that Tiffany just went over, how do those align with where you are currently in your life? Um, where do you see yourself going in the future? I know sometimes that thinking about where you see yourself in a couple of years is kind of like, why do we have to do this? But it, it's it's really important because we're not just just living for ourselves. We're living for the future, for our children. And um, as a, you know, as as parents, the parents out there, even if you're not a parent, you know, you got to live for the next generation. So understanding how important those four pillars are is going to help with your mental finance. It's going to help with your with your mental health. It's going to definitely help with your with your finance situation. You know, um, things things are things are changing. Things are evolving, and the way we're looking at the the way life is, um, is changing as well. So you, you gotta, you know, move along with that, with that change and adapt. So Tiffany, you have, um, but cause, but my question is if the time is not now, then when is the time? I think we will always, always find a reason why, Oh, it's Friday. It's the end of the week. Oh, it's Monday. It's the beginning of the week. Oh, this is hump day. Oh, this is just, it, it's never the right time to discuss anything that makes us feel uncomfortable. But uncomfortability equals growth. Because every time we are uncomfortable, we are learning about something new. And that's why we are uncomfortable. So we have to get, we have to get comfortable <laughs> in being uncomfortable and understand that this takes you to the next level and to the next pl- plateau. And I'm not here because that's one thing that I don't like. I don't like the preachy you know, pointing your fingers, what is wrong with you? You should be doing. 
this or you should be doing that. I'm not here to, to criticize. I'm just here to enlighten and to do those things that make you go, hmm, something that makes you think. And once the juices flow, you know, they said thoughts becomes words, words become action, action becomes habits, habits create your destiny. So everything starts from a thought. And that's all I am trying to do today, or what me and Sam are trying to do today, is try to change the thought process of your financial health and how it ties into your mental health, because there definitely is a correlation. Yeah, for 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 certain. And I just I know I know it's Monday and it's heavy. I I just wanted to to like to to recap and give some actionable steps for people out there listening. So when you when you're on this journey for figuring out, you know, how the mental health and the the financial health relates, sometimes we can get overwhelmed and we can start looking at where someone else is and then try to put ourselves where they are. My advice for everyone out there is to start where you are. Look at where you are in your life because what someone else has or where they where you think they may be, you know, you can't judge yourself or base yourself on that. Start with where you are. Start with just assessing where you are, looking at what the relationship between your mental health and your finance health, what it what it looks like for you. Make those goals. If there's stuff that you don't like, you have the power to change it. That that all lies in your hand. If there if you're like I'm doing great, that's awesome. We can always do better. Um if you are someone that is like I need help, you have people to reach out to, you join a community, join a group, get you an accountability partner and you know, the time is now. Time is definitely now. Yes, and I love what you said about um comparing yourself to others because I think that's one of the biggest biggest Um, problems that we have. And that is where a lot of depression starts because we feel that we're supposed to be at a certain place in our lives because I know I was guilty of that. You know, in my 20s, I needed to have this. By the time I'm 28, I need to have this. By the time I'm 35, I I should have accomplished this. Now, when you reach your 40s, now you hit the midlife crisis because all of these things that you had set up didn't occur the way you thought it was supposed to occur. So now you feel, you know, was it all worth it? And sometimes when you've achieved the goal, going back to what I was saying before, you've achieved it, but you lost out on so much other things. So now you see friends and family going on family trips. They have spouses. They have um, children who are graduating and doing this. And yeah, you're doing trips to Dubai and Fiji Islands and Bora Bora, but you have nobody to share it with. So it was at what cost, you know, the biblical um, concept of what profits a man who gains the whole world, but loses his soul. It's like, okay, I've achieved this, but at what cost? So really what you, what I would say, actionable step is dig deep and find what is important to you. What do you value? And if you value family and that is like your top priority, just know that you may have to make certain sacrifices to put them first. You may not be able to do, you know, the extra overtime or work the 16 hour day or get the second or third job because that takes away from the family. But if money and career is your number one priority, 
Just know that there's a chance that you will forego having a family till later in life. And if that's okay with you, then fine. But sometime later in life turns into not actually happening at all. Because by the time you lift your head up out the sand, you realize, oh my God, I'm 47, I'm 48, I'm almost 50. Ooh, having kids now, even though it's possible, do I really want to have kids now? Is it too late? Do I want to be, you know, 60, 70 year old with a 20 year old? Would I have the end? So you go through a whole lot of what ifs when you're in that situation. So really dig deep and find what is valuable to you because what's good for one person may not be good for another. And there's a saying that said, you may know, you may see my glory, but you don't know my story. Mm -hmm. You see a lot of people who are successful or who may have that Instagram or Facebook life of being successful, but you don't know what's going on behind the scenes because a lot of people, they post only the good times, only the good moments. They don't post the grind and the hustle that's going on behind the scenes that's creating this life. So you may see, you know, somebody on a yacht or somebody um, always flying out, but they're lonely. They're Mm -hmm. unhappy because they did that at a cost of having a family or having a spouse. Yeah. So just just be mindful of of things that you see because the um it says believe half of what you hear. I mean, half of what you see and none of what you hear. Because there's always a story behind it. So that's really what I want to leave the listeners with. Yeah. So yeah, this was a this was a great great Monday morning session. I know um heavy but Mondays are supposed to be heavy so they can set the tone for the rest of the week so now get out there and and kill the rest of this week this week should be like easy breezy make sure you guys are taking today um whether the reflection happens you know after after this session or it happens later this evening or at the end of the week just take time to sit down and really look at how your mental health influence your personal finance find out if your person, your finance, your, your finance health is influencing your mental health, but just be able to identify which one. And again, my name is Shakira Moran. I go by I am Sam. And this is my name, Tiffany Phillip, owner of Empress Vision. Yep. And this is another Monday session. Have a great day. <laughs>